0: Welcome to Pivot to First. Hi, I'm Mike Seidel, I'm the CTO at Pivot CX. Every day I get to work with some of the brightest minds in the industry with one goal, turning hiring and people strategy into a competitive advantage. Hi, I'm Mike Seidel, CTO here at Pivot CX. I'm joined today with David Bernstein, our VP of Partnerships, and Kevin Grossman, who is the expert on candidate experience. He's the president of the Talent Board, an aspiring drummer, and a padded self-defense instructor. He's also author of Candidate Experience, How to Improve Talent Acquisition to Drive Business Performance. And Kevin, I got to say this uh, kind of right away. You know, the, the tagline for this podcast is how to turn people strategy into business success. And I love the idea of how do you improve talent acquisition to drive business performance. It's an underrated way to do that. Yep. So uh, exactly. Just to get started, tell us a little bit about the Talent Board and and the story behind how it got started and what it stands for.
1: Sure. Thanks for having me on. By the way, Talent Board was founded over eleven years ago now, um, and I just I'm like I'm amazed sometimes when I think about that's how long ago that was and 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 how much we've seen change, especially the past three years. But we can talk about that in the podcast. So it was founded originally by three recruiting luminaries in our space. So Jerry Crispin, Elaine Orler, and Ed Newman, who at the time really wanted to shine a light on not only what's not working in recruiting as it relates to the experience of the job candidates themselves, but also shine a light on what is working, what companies are doing better at, and how that's improving... their their selection process, and the the willingness for candidates to engage the business and the brand, even if they don't get hired. And I was one of the early volunteers for the organization at the time. It was very, very volunteer-driven, very labor of love. Um, And then as it began to mature, and um, we we found that there was definitely an audience for this research that we were doing then I came on board nearly eight years ago to help run it and have been running it ever since. And, and uh, we have a small team that do a lot of big work in the space, as I like to say. So, and then every year we work with hundreds of companies, big and small across industries to help them understand and improve their recruiting and hiring and understand how the candidates perceive fairness, perceive the experience
0: and good and bad. So candidate experience, This is a really tough subject because a lot of companies give it a lot of lip service and then don't invest in it at all. Why do CEOs, why should a CEO care about candidate experience?
1: Every time I've had the opportunity to talk to leadership, that's in a room, whatever that is, virtually in person when I'm sharing what it is we do and learn and what our research says. And I get the opportunity to impress upon them that what it is like to be a job candidate and not just an external one, but also a current employee who may be interested in another position internally at the organization, their experience, just like they're super concerned about their customer experiences, because the CEOs are right Their Their job is to help grow and sustain the business with the team and employees they have. So, it's equated to that, except the difference is that with the candidate experience, most of the people who are interested in any given job at any given time aren't getting hired, but that volume of people, that aggregate number over time is a lot of people, potentially, especially for companies that have any um, hiring volume at all. mid Midsize to global enterprise, but any companies that are on high growth, the reality is is that candidates, if they perceive the experience to be poor, to be unfair, they may choose, and our data shows that, that there's definitely a percentage that will, to never associate with the business again. Never so it's,
0: apply. It's not just about the job. And no. Not, not hiring. This is about something a lot bigger than that.
1: This is about yes this is about an impact on the business am i willing to continue to be a brand champion even if i don't get the job or not or i'm going to 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 consciously and repetitively tell my networks don't ever apply at company x cuz they suck so it, the- it's beyond it's beyond even the application because if i'm a consumer based business for example mm-hmm. that impacts consumer choices of a candidate like if i choose to spend my money with you at the end of the day it's not the same thing for a b2b company because i i always use the example let's say i'm an engineer and i applied at lockheed martin and i had a crappy recruiting experience and and i said i'm never gonna i'm not gonna not buy military equipment because i didn't get the job right But I am going to tell my engineering friends and referrals are critical for companies, especially with the volatility in the market we've seen the past three years and continue to see today referrals are, you know, 20, 30, 40% of hires can come from referrals. That ultimately does impact revenue. It's harder to quantify, but it can impact the business and the brand. And that's the thing that CEO and business leaders need to understand. That's a big number of people all the time that can choose not to associate anymore with the organization.
2: So it's your reputation.
1: Yeah, big time. And it impacts, it can impact business. And the fact of if I can't, companies are struggling now, right? I mean, I talked to a large manufacturing company just, just the other day that is, all of their hiring last year was just backfilling positions that they can't fill on a regular on a regular basis they know more than anybody, too, the reality of um, what that candidate perception is. They're, I mean, they're struggling. It's a lot of high-volume hiring, but this, this keeps playing out over and over and over again. So it it is a business imperative, for sure.
0: So, you know, one thing that David always always says is, uh, you know, recruiting is 87% rejection. And it's something that people forget is is most the people that are going to apply for a job you're going to have to say no to. Yes, Our, we're in the business we're in
1: the business of no in recruiting.
0: Absolutely. Yep. And and so that kind of is very like you said earlier it's very different than what we see in sales and marketing where everybody's trying to say yes. What is it that that companies get so wrong with with candidate experience? What are some of the big things that you see out there that are just huge mistakes?
1: It's just the the big miss that's always been the case is just not acknowledging every job applicant and be having consistent communication with those, with those job applicants and giving them definitive closure when you're not going to pursue them in a timely fashion. Those are just, we, those are like the basics of recruiting and hiring. And what happens, usually what happens is internal candidates do get more of that love and they should, because you know, you're having to constantly re recruit to retain these days and it's really important that that in the employee experience, which is the candidate experience, which is the employee experience, it's all intertwined. But the reality is that is just, you know, it's just the basic building blocks of, of consistent communication. And the highest rated companies in our research every year, they're not doing everything right all of the time. They're doing most of the things that we find that work right most of the time. And the good news, for example, is that for dispositioning, so rejecting candidates, right? Especially, and, and this is where I, I'm at the, def, in the defense of every employer everywhere. Again, the majority of people that apply for any given job, I know this varies based on job type and industry, but on average, they're just not qualified enough to even be screened or interviewed. That's the reality. It's always a smaller tier of people that get screened and interviewed. So the the for those that aren't, if they are the 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 highest rated companies in our research they are ensuring or working hard to do that 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 those rejections those dispositions are going out within three to five days after the, the application comes in or at the most within one to two weeks for unqualified people not people that you're screening and interviewing that's a different scenario and a different path but for those that are applying out of the gate and aren't qualified Let them know. And I can't tell you, and that's what the best practice is, but I can't tell you how many companies that we hear from and talk to and and that participate every year. And we have these in-depth conversations with them where they, they get it, but they're like, you know, part, sometimes it's the hiring manager, part of this equation. That's a tough one to control, but you know, they hold on to everybody until they fill the wreck. And that could be months later. And then they let everybody know, well, we may, we, we want to hold on to No, 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 no. They're qualified or they're not.
0: So that's why you get the vaguely worded letter that says, uh, hey, Mike, <laughs> not going to hire you because reasons from a job you applied to six months ago. Exactly. That's where that comes from.
1: Well, it does. And, and that's the re, that's the default reality of what most candidates see, If even if they even saw the email in the first place. You know,
2: if they get told at all. Right? If they get... I mean, I talked. Yes. I talked to two people this week alone who told me that they were in second and third interviews, and then they just they went they got ghosted. They stopped hearing, right? And despite regular attempts to try to find out where their status was, they 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 just presumed at a certain point that they weren't hearing back, so they presumed they didn't get the job. But wasn't a definitive answer. Right are you seeing that in the data yeah no but that's but that's a
1: big part of it right because and 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 again going back to what i was starting to talk about in the in in the defense of any employer out there because of the the the, that majority the many that aren't qualified a lot of candidates we all a want to talk to you well first and foremost the only thing i want as a job candidate is the job that's it i don't care about anything else i don't care about your tech stack your technologies, your processes—I don't care. I want the job. Most won't get it. So the second best thing that I want is at least keep me in the loop, keep me, keep me. Let me understand where I'm at. Keep communicating with me, and you know, give me feedback. But people at the point of application that aren't qualified aren't—they're not going to get feedback. It's not going to happen. And and that's the hard part. And I you know empathize with all job candidates out there. But if I'm truly not qualified for a job no matter what I think at mm-hmm. the end of the day, I'm not going to get any feedback unless I'm, and now if I get screened and interviewed, that's where we would recommend. We push harder in recommending to employers to give feedback, especially to, the later stage candidates. It's a different thing altogether, but, but you're right. I mean, if I'm not hearing back, but it's, these are things that employers control. They control the dials to everything they do with it, with, from pre application all the way to onboarding, but especially once they do you apply.
2: Think but do you think they're like afraid of being sued for discrimination or Well, or I, mean, overwhelmed? I mean, i mean, sure I don't even. Listen, David, I don't
1: even play an employment yes. lawyer on TV, so I'm not going right. to pretend to be legal counsel, right? So, I, But yes, there, there's always that concern. Um, but the fact of the matter is, the highest rated companies in our research are giving feedback to finalists. And this is very brief, very specific job fit qualification status that candidates really appreciate hearing. They're bummed they didn't get the job. But what happens is that their willingness to refer goes up nearly 50% when they're given feedback in our data. That's so, you. just
0: by telling people where they stand, you're improving your situation by 50% totally but yeah, but yeah, we'll you're not going to
1: do that at the point of application when somebody's truly not qualified that's sure. the re- but, but they need to get a definitive closure still thank you we're not going to pursue you best of luck or here's some other jobs to consider which is another best practice that we see in in the data too but that but the, the reality is most don't do that it's still the default communication if you're qualified we'll be in touch Ugh. I feel like one of my one of my I have two teens now. Right. I'm like, roll my eyes and go. Oh. <laughs> right. No, can no, because because you don't it doesn't have to be that way. And, and there's no I mean, yes, there's the fear of, of litigation potentially. And there's always the you know, EEOC that's right here looking for those kinds of things. But if you are adhering to best practices and screening best practices and, and leveraging your especially technology in, in the right way to, to hopefully help, hopefully reduce your bias in structured interviews and screening processes, um, you're, you're going to be in good shape. But the reality is, if this person who applies doesn't have the core things that you're looking for, even if you're hiring for potential, mm-hmm. then that's the end of the road. It's done.
0: You know, to you, tell them.
1: Quick- Tell
0: them, you know, that really lines up with something a kind of a magic moment I had as we built our software here, here at Pivot CX. And that was, um, you know, occasionally I'll get in there and, and play recruiter and hire some people for our company. And when I do that, uh, one of the things I, I learned early on was that when we did give feedback to people like like when they got screened out, even if it was early in the process. Yeah. And we just told people, um, you know, you, you have to have one year professional software development experience to be considered. Once you have that, you're welcome to apply again. People would say thank you. Yeah, exactly. they weren't mad. They weren't upset. They were just like glad to know. And um, and then a year later, some of those people actually came back and applied again. I actually hired one of them. But it's so funny to hear you say that, you know, you're you're doing studies, you're you're, you know, working with all these companies. And it's that little bit of feedback that's missing.
1: And that's, that's it. That's all. I mean, that's one of a lot of little incremental things that they control. They control again, what they say, when they say it with what frequency and consistency and, um, and timeliness. And, and that is, is, is super important, but that's all that you know, those little things make a huge difference in, I mean, we've had many stories of of companies who have participated in our research and had dismal ratings across the board compared to compared compared to competitors, compared in their industry, for example, et cetera. And they turn it around and, you know, Hogue Hospital is one out of Southern California. Healthcare is one of our bigger segments, too. Um, And they've now four years in a row in the past couple of years, they've been the number one highest ranked company. We've never seen ratings that high before, mostly not hired candidates.
0: And, so not only they're telling people no in a way that's making them at least relatively happy compared to their competitors.
1: Yeah, I mean that's what it now and, and the question that always comes up is like, well, you know, what else, you know, what's you know, what are the these companies doing? A lot of the it's it's the, the recipe always comes down to communication and feedback, no matter what. And companies some companies do it better than others. There there are differences in 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 candidate populations and employee populations that um, we, we can't even account for it in our data because if I could ask hundreds of questions of every candidate, I would, but then we would never have a survey answered. It just sure. wouldn't happen, right, at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. But those little things can go, uh, make a big difference a long way. And, and, and Hogue and, and many others, it's a, small, it's a small universe, though, of companies that have not only once they've hit this level, they sustain it. That's the hard part. Because of everything that impacts our businesses, right? We're in a place today we've never been before economically, um, with strong hiring and, and yeah, more layoffs and softening, but and employees still leaving and some and, and people not going back to work. Still, almost three million people still haven't gone back to the workforce, right? Most, I mean, there's just all these things that are happening, but the the to keep it sustained is super critical and not easy.
2: I would think though, Kevin, uh, that from, my, from my experience, it's interesting to get your feedback here, but that there's probably a couple of, like you said, some table stake things that just make all the difference. Uh, I, I, I've talked to so many candidates in the last couple of months who tell me that they've put the energy into filling out an application they would like to at least get confirmation that their application has been
0: received. At a minimum.
2: They don't even get yet a minimum, right? These kind of things that seem like just basic etiquette, business etiquette, that um, they they say things to me like, I know when my package is 10 stops away from being (laughs) delivered, or I know when Sally's starting to make the dough for my pizza at Domino's, why can't I just know a few things, right? And this gap between the consumer experience elsewhere and then the Candidate consumer experience yep. being so different is, is juxtaposed, right? It just seems to be creating a greater gap here on, there, because candidates are being habituated to other in other places in their lives where they are getting communication, right? Is it is that are you seeing this kind of some of the best brass brass tacks basics? Well, to, well, yeah. Being, I mean, just being more most apparent?
1: definitely. Again, I mean, again, the highest rated companies. If you're not qualified, letting them know within one to two weeks, maximum. Um, for those who are then being screened, like for example, so I was sharing this earlier on another, on another call that I had all companies from last year in our data. And we just released all the research reports. Now, the, the primary North American one and all the region regions that we do, it's all available now from our site at the talentboard.org. and right this last year, and, and I'll just focus on North America as an example, 34% of all the candidate responses said that they were still waiting on next steps one to two plus months after they applied wow that's a third that's a third and that's up from the year before
0: wow that's that's so for for me it strikes me as being you know you go back to that whole thing i, I know where my stuff is being shipped it you know i i can order things on amazon prime it's here tomorrow it's amazing how slow hiring is these days it shouldn't be this slow
1: No, it shouldn't, and especially in such a volatile, competitive market as well. And then the next step is, what about those who actually then did get scheduled for an interview, right? So out of all the data last year in, in, in North America, a third, again, a third of the candidates said they were scheduled for an interview within one month of applying. That's only a third. Now, the, the, high, the candy winners, the companies with above average ratings in our data, almost 50% of their candidates said they were scheduled for an interview within one month of applying. And the question came up earlier about that is like, well, what is that? Is that the, like the phone screen? Again, there's, we're limited on the level of granularity we can get to, but we're confident that when we're asking, we, a lot of our questions does, around the interview does differentiate between phone screen and interview, hmm. So we're we're counting on the fact that this is like an interview, whether that's with a recruiter or a hiring manager. It could be either or. Right. But 50 percent of the candy winners are definitely doing that. But that's still only 50 percent of them. Now, we know that that job that depending on job type and 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 um, how certain populations of job candidates, things might take longer than others. Should they? I don't I don't know but we do know the one good piece of information is that 70 to 80% of all the candidates whether they were from candy winners or all companies last year in north america said that only about less than a week passed between last interview and offer and that's important because that has that has gotten better as an indicator and that's the critical time because these are the people you want right so that's the good news is that most of them did do that. But it's still amazing to us that, you know, two thirds of the candidates, is still take, you know, they're not hearing back or it's taking forever to get an interview scheduled. And I and and, it, and I I understand the complexity and, and the part of what we're not talking about as much. I brought it up earlier is the hiring manager, part of the equation, right, because. It's, we give TA, you know, TA gets a really hard, hard, bad rap sometimes when it comes, especially from business leadership. Like, why aren't we, why aren't we hiring these people? Hiring managers play a role in this too, right? And they can oh, yeah. be part of the big problem of why it's extending. Like, I don't, like, you know, not giving feedback to, to recruiters when they need it to be able to understand what candidates they really want um, based on uh-huh. what's being screened. And just string, you know, stringing. I mean, still today, or
2: they keep thinking, what's that? They keep thinking that the great candidate maybe is still out there. So that's and that's the problem, home. right? We hear that right. all. And we're the not t- ready to close the rec yet. We hear that yeah. all
1: the time, yeah. all the time. Like these are great candidates, but yeah, there's. You, you know, know, Kevin, one good. of the
0: one of yeah. the things we we hear from our customers all the time is how do you break that cycle between the 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 recruiter and then the hiring manager and, and one of the things we've seen with our our most successful customers is they get the hiring managers to sign off on. If we find a candidate that matches this criteria, we will make an offer, not we will wait for more. We will make an offer.
1: Yeah. If if, if you can get everybody on board with, with even internal service level agreements, right. To understand, this is what we're going to do. This is our process from the intake stage of deciding on who it is that you really want to hire through final screening of any candidates that may be interested in and get agreement on that, then it helps tremendously. But that's a big part of the equation, too. That's a problem with why things get extended and why candidates get, especially even final stage candidates, why that percentage that get the number one negative reason why candidates withdraw from the recruiting process in North America to date is still my time was disrespected during the whole process, especially when I get screened and interviewed. That's the, and that's more than salary disparity and some other categories is my time was disrespected. Time and again, that is one thing that and that's, and that's more complicated. And we have those conversations with TA teams, right? When they're like, well, yes, we have SLAs or we're working on them, or we have hiring manager training um to get them on board with process and reducing bias and being and having a structured process which the highest rated companies in our research are doing structured interviews right most of the time um it's but it, that's the hard part it gets messy and complicated i mean we talk about recruiting in a linear fashion all the time i research i apply i maybe i get screened but it's a, it's a reality it's a hot mess it's all over the map <laughs>
0: It, honestly it's it's a hard you know talent acquisition recruiting it's a hard job it, there's it there's a lot of things going on there there's a lot of conflict when i you know I look at the the average recruiter's day and what they do um it, it's kind of painful and, and it kind of makes me me wonder you know you know candidate experience it yes it's important but doing your job's really important and uh it's it's just so easy for candidate experience to get lost in the mix what what can, you know? if you look at senior leadership, CEOs and, and CFOs, what can they do to really help their team bring candidate experience in as something that's an important thing to the company?
1: They need to impress upon the, all those that are responsible for hiring, to so the hiring managers, um, to work better in concert with TA and HR, and to understand that timeliness is always a huge factor. And if they want to stay competitive and and have the the teams that they need to sustain and grow their businesses, they need they need to be an advocate for that, for internal, a better internal experience, too, because retention is a big issue, big issue for companies past two years in particular and for external recruiting and, and 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 emphasize get on board with ta and hr and really push on the hiring managers listen we've got x y and z competitors that are hot on our tail and we're we're bleeding people and we got to do something different right and and um that's what they've got to get on board with that they've got to understand they obviously i would recommend read our research but Get in the mindset. It's not just about this fluffy, happy rainbow thing of having a, a, a positive candidate experience. It impacts their business mm-hmm. and think of it from again, from a retention perspective for internal candidates, because again, that's a big theme. And because and a lot of times when we talk about candidate experience we're, it, people think about outside in, but it's all things. So that's what I would recommend if they're on board with it, because when they're not that's when we start seeing TA bleed out and they're burnout and they're tired and, or they're getting laid off. Um, and I can't tell you how many, you know, conversations and especially people in, in tech right now or TA leaders in tech. Um, the ones that I've talked to that are just like, I'm out, like I've, I've gone and now like, well, look what's happened, right? There's been this, this over hiring, this talent hoarding and now shedding. And part of that shedding is, is, unfortunately, the TA team. So I would argue that leadership, again, we don't have to name the companies. We know who we're talking about. They don't get it at the end of the day. I don't. So yeah, It's
2: it's, it's much bigger problem, right? It's pervasive. Uh, but there's a, um, so there's a lot going on. Things, but I think you know,
1: leadership's got to be on board with quality hiring and retention. They've got to understand it and be on board with it.
2: So one of the things I've done previously, I, I'm wondering, curious if you see something like this as well in the data, but I, when I led talent acquisition, uh, I had some agreements in with my finance team where the FAs, uh, the financial analysts that worked with each lines of business, they would go to the I'm hiring to the, to the division leaders and say, look, these wrecks are 45 to 60 days old. If you don't, right, if we're not going to fill them in the, in the next 15 days, we're going to close them kind of thing. We, you know, there's a cost to the business. If you can't hire somebody, so was this really a, a requisition we needed to have open, right? It, it, it motivated my management teams to be much more timely because if they knew their recs would be closed, they'd lose the open headcount, right? They didn't have the liberty of just sitting That's on true.
1: It. And that's a really good point that you bring up too because there, there's, that's important to understand. There's also, there's also potentially, there's a benefit for cost of vacancy too, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. that can save money to an organization, if we don't, if it's on a critical hiring that's needed for this part of the business or whatever, but those, those are numbers that definitely have to be looked at. And co- companies need to be, they need to understand revenue per employee data mm-hmm. as well. I mean, we've been doing, we're trying to create a referral calculator that incorporates some of these things. We have a resentment one online. That's more about candidate mm-hmm. resentment, but we, but, cause there's definitely are factors that sometimes TA doesn't really, they should know more of, of, of how the, the business works too. Right.
2: So in finance, there's a metric, they call it DSO. Have you, have you heard of the days, right? It's, it's basically how healthy your uh, accounts receivable right. is and collecting money. But there's the same idea when something's outstanding, there's a cost to the yes, business. Exactly. That's and, right. And one of right. So I work with a couple of FAs to kind of create a recruiting days, outstanding kind of cost to the business. Every day it's not filled it kind of also helped keep recruiters and management teams towards the eye on the product. Yeah, that's right? important this, too.
1: And, that, and that's part of, the, that is, that in addition to some things that we find in our data, but that's the hard business data that's important to understand what the, what that impact on the business
2: is. Yeah. So you've written this book about this kind of idea as well and the business improvements that come from this. Any, how do we tie that well, in? Well, I mean, we've, cut, we've
1: touched right? on a lot
2: of it already. Um uh, And the book is really,
1: we put it together, myself and Adela Skolderman, who's a, a TA leader that works for Edwards Life Sciences now. She used to do a little work with us at Talent Board. And we put it together in the, to, to not only share the, the data and research that we found that we've talked a lot about on this call, but get it from a, a practitioner's peer point of view, too, of what needs to happen day to day, and the realities of recruiting and hiring, a lot of which some of which we've touched on, too, um, through all the stages, across all the stages, including also a chapter on making the uh, the business case to make improvement, whether that's investing in technology, investing in staff, resources, changing process. Um, There's a lot of different sections about that, too. But it's really more of a playbook about thinking of recruiting differently as again, as it impacts the business and touching on some of the last things that you said to David. So, I mean, that's, um, there's been, it's only really over the years been a few companies and TA leaders that I've really had heard from them that they're doing that kind of a business analysis with leadership. And I hope and I'm sure it could be happening a lot more than, than what I even think, but I'm not, it's not as much as what i
0: think should be happening and that's the difference too you know as i'm out there talking to you know talking to our clients and our potential clients i go to shows and that kind of thing and and i get to talk to i always like talking to ceos and cfos i love talent acquisition people too but i love talking to the top because you get a really good idea hey what's what's a prior the priority here and i think one of the challenges a lot of senior leadership have is a understanding that candidate experience is a thing and then second um understanding what good is. So I understand, you know, talent board, you guys have you have a few things that really could be helpful if, if I'm a CEO looking at why how do we get our heads wrapped around this and how do we how do we get our improve our company? One thing is you have the candy awards and then the other thing is you have a benchmark report that you do. And I know yeah. you've got a brand new one that's coming out.
1: They're out they're all yeah and they're out now from the twenty twenty two data set. Because the way that our program works is that we're capturing data a little over half of the first half of the year. And then we're analyzing the data and determining those companies that have above average ratings, which those are the only names that we share publicly. In fact, if anybody ever wanted to go on our site and look at the brands and the companies that perform well every year, you can find them at the talent They're all listed there. Otherwise it is an anonymous and confidential program for the, the companies and the, and the candidates, but those that are above average, we share, um, but but that is definitely the case. Um, at the end of the day, that the, they the it, yeah.
2: What's the threshold for being a candy winner? Is it like top twenty percent? No, it's top it's, it's
1: literally we want to celebrate more companies that are above average. So it's not just about above the average. top ten or the top twenty five percentile. It's the way that we determine it is we there's four key ratings every year that we look at. There's a lot mm-hmm. of ratings we look at, but there's four competitive key ratings that are in that we ask the candidates overall rating willingness to apply again willingness to refer and what kind of a relationship do you want to have with this business and the brand are you willing to increase it whatever that means to you the candidate or sever it those are the extremes we're always looking at the definitive extremes in the data and those are all then all plugged into so those scores are plugged into a calculation that calculates what we call a candy score which is only an internal nps we don't share that number, but that's how we then stack rank companies. And companies that are above that benchmark, that candy score, those are the ones we give awards to. So we want to celebrate more that are above our average, not just the top 10. Right. But it's the top 10 that are doing most of the stuff consistently over time.
0: Yeah, I got to attend my first Candy Awards this this last year, and I was absolutely impressed with the companies that were winning. And and if, when you looked at them across the board, they're all companies. You could tell they were putting not just recruiting as a priority, but they were going a step further than that and going, "Hey, yep. this candidate experience is integral to having a strong talent acquisition team. Yes. You, you can't have one without the other. Exactly. It just doesn't work." Um, so if I'm a CEO out there and I'm looking at my recruiting team and going you know we, we could be better we could have a better experience is really getting your getting the team involved in something like uh, you know the candy awards getting involved in the benchmark reporting a really good way for me to maybe nudge my people into to starting to fix this I
1: I would I mean it, you, there's always there's a wariness that we've have seen over the years of companies even w- w- worried about asking their candidates for feedback part of it goes back to what we talked about at the beginning of the call like is there litigious issues of of, but it's all anonymous feedback and if a company's never done that before maybe they ask their new hires post hire what that what their experience was like as an employee that's important but we would recommend in order to understand get some baseline data about how the candidates perceive the experience from beginning to end and how you compare against other companies and and like industries and like sizes to get an idea and a perspective of what your strengths and weaknesses are overall. But if you've and that's a great way to get data, some companies are doing continuous feedback, they've already and they've never participated in the candies. And that's great because if you're getting feedback data that's ongoing throughout the year from candidates, from new hires. Absolutely. There's just nothing to compare it against. Right. Right. So, um, and that's that's what the value I think of our program is that there is the there is benchmark data from North America, MIA, APAC, Latin America that they can then compare and con- contrast against. And, well, I think um, most CEOs
0: that. most CEOs have an intuitive understanding that you compete, you, you rise to the level of your competition. Yeah. It, and so if you're not really looking at anybody else or you're just looking at the weak players uh, you do end up making a different set of decisions than you do when you go hey we think we're good let's go see how we really stack up then you find out hey we're not where we want to be we want to be with these guys and you learn what the game is it changes things so yeah so
2: uh so kevin are you doing any consulting as well Do, do can a customer come to you and say just tell me, <laughs> tell me the short list. Is yeah, we do. I mean, we right? do, you do that. We kind do.
1: Yeah, we have different programs. We have optimization programs. We have deeper, deeper data dives. We can do customized workshops and trainings based on what we know, our best practice. We still recommend companies to do the core benchmark and everything else springs mm-hmm. from that. Um, even if they have their own data internally, which we can incorporate and look at and compare and contrast against, but so there are, there are deeper takes that we can help companies with that, um, beyond just, you know, collecting some data and getting some high level strengths and weaknesses. Um, because what happens is a lot of times that these, even companies that have data analysts on their TA team. Um, when some of the larger, more complex companies, they, they still, there's, there's like, this is great. Now what? And so we've, we've done, we've done many projects, especially since well, starting pre COVID, right. um, of helping some of the companies, uh, just go deeper with under an understanding of strengths, weaknesses, how it impacts the business. Um, working with their, their recruiters and hiring managers candidate journey processing, um, ap- applying for their jobs, actually mystery shopping their jobs and getting feedback. That's another one that, you know, when, when companies ask what's something I should do, I said, have you ever applied for your own jobs?
2: Your own job, right. And,
1: yeah. and I still today when I'm in a room, it's a smatter, it's still a, only a third ish of hands that go up. I'm like, I'll, you don't even have to do it one or two times a year. Just do it. Right. And understand that's there's a lot of low hanging fruit that can be improved just there.
0: Yeah, that's that's been a a long time, like a like a classic. Well, have you tried applying for your own job? Right, and and it's amazing how few people actually do it. And and, today,
1: even still, yes, and even for the years, I mean, you know, there's a lot of yes, there's a lot of uh, professional TA professionals. And companies that have not heard of Talent Board, you know, and That's...
0: everybody wants to be an undercover boss, right? And, and well, yeah, that takes but, I mean, a lot. It's... It takes a ton of time, right? <laughs> it's, you're not going to go do, you're not going to get a put in. Dis- you don't even have to put yourself in disguise to do this. You can just go. Do no, you firm. don't.
1: You just apply for yeah. your own jobs, and
0: you go. You make the up process. a name, apply for the job, and uh, I know the last time I asked a CEO to do this, he used his own email address at the company, and he didn't get called back for thirty days. And it was one of those kind of moments where Mm -hmm. he came back to me, Mike, I'm glad I did that. They, 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 I don't know. what. It's true.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's a, it's a big deal, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I want to bring something up, uh, you know, before we get to the end of this, and this is really kind of something that David over here keeps telling me over and over. And I I think he might be onto something that, that a great candidate experience really starts with a great recruiter experience. I think, I think we all forget that, you know, we're all talking about how recruiters are. are Oh, I think it's, it's all right. It's,
1: Yes. Agreed. I totally agree. It's and, and a great hiring manager experience too. They all work in, they have to work in concert to, to, uh, I, I would argue to make it a, 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 better
0: working hiring process. Yes. Okay. Well, to kind of wrap things up, I just a quick question for you. What are three, yeah. the three biggest things? Like if i want to go fix my candidate experience, what are the three things I should look at just right away?
1: your commu- candidate communications from the point of application through those you're making offers to and pro- what happens prior to day one during the pre-boarding stage. What, what are you saying to them with what and when are you saying it to them with what consistency, frequency um, and ensuring that it, it's clear, concise language, it's personable and especially for those that you're rejecting. That's number one. Look at your apply for your own jobs, number two. And um, take some time and interview your your recruiting team, interview your hiring managers, ask them what they think. What are the strengths and weaknesses? Look at your tech stack. You know, is are you know most of the time, unfortunately, most a lot of companies aren't even they don't optimize all the this great systems that they have for recruiting and hiring. What, what's working and what's not? What can we do? We control the dials. So definitely take a look at your tech stack and and. Uh, and see how that's impacting. The candidate experience as well, that's another recruiter experience one too, so.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So I understand you have a webinar coming up where you're gonna be uh, going through kind of the top 10 takeaways from the the recent benchmark report. Yes. So if I wanna sign up for that, where do I go? So you can find it at the
1: talentboard.org under events, under under webinars, but I know that I can definitely post um, when you share this show post. Oh, absolutely. Uh,
0: we'll, we'll put the link down in the description. I can share
1: the link, but it's easy to find. If you just go to our um, employer resources or go to events on our site at the talentboard.org and find the webinar.
0: OK, cool. Kevin, we always ask our guests a couple of, of questions and we never never let them uh, know what the questions are before. And so far, okay. nobody's done that homework yet. So we'll see if you did. But um, First question is: uh, What business book has totally changed business for you? Oh God,
1: that's a re- that's a really good one. Yeah.
2: Um, Influence your thinking, greatest impact. Yeah, anything. You
1: know, probably I have to say some one of the things that I have been reading more recently, and it's. To be perfectly honest, it's not really even a business book. But it's a book about living life more fully, which I think impacts business. It's called The Tools. And it's a uh, psychiatrist who wrote it. called Phil Stutz is his name. And he wrote it with a a partner of his. And I have to say that that has been impacting a lot of what i do personally and in business and so i that's because it's the most recent thing in my mind because i'm kind of i'm also kind of my wife and i meditate a lot we're very very much about trying to find inner peace and and all that but it that to me impacts has been impacting things i do in business so okay in the
0: moment okay now here here is the softball question favorite movie star wars (laughs)
2: that was easy always
1: always there
2: is no try there's only do
1: yeah Star Wars always the business one's always hard because there's been so many not only books but pieces of books and, and over the years that I think that are important um from good to great was one actually that impacted me, and probably because of the follow up later on about a lot of how what uh, a lot of those companies just fell apart, <laughs> unfortunately, and the reasons why. And I'm not saying that because it's not Schrödinger, and that's not why I'm saying that right now. But um, that was one that did impact me. But it's the more the holistic meditative thing that's impacting me today. But yeah, Star Wars hands down.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, um, that's that's that was a great movie. Obvious, it was you know, generational, great. So. Totally. totally. So So anyhow, anything else you wanna add that we forgot to ask you about? Anything that you wanted to share with our audience?
1: No, just that if you're, you know, if you're curious about learning more about how um, our research can help your organization today, um, definitely check out thetalentboard.org and consider participating. It's um, pretty low barrier to entry and low cost to participate and a lot of value.
0: Well, Kevin, thanks so much for joining us. David, thank you for being here.
1: Thank you very much. I appreciate it.